Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of HP Critical, a podcast where my friends and I talk all things gaming. I'm your host today, Jarrell, and I'm so very lucky to have a special guest here, Luis Alamilla. Uh, for Latinx Heritage Month, I've decided to reach out to friends and content creators of Latin descent to discuss their experiences in the video game industry and to help celebrate diversity for Latino content creators. And I'm so excited to have Luis here. So first, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, first off, thanks for having me. Uh, I've been a content creator since I think I was like 12 years old. I'm 24 now so about half my lifespan already has been just making youtube videos <laughs> that's so cool uh my parents are from mexico so naturally i'm mexican-american uh they're from oaxaca and mexicali for anyone else that's from there and uh i love video games so much that i made a youtube channel about it and i've been doing it for 12 years now uh, so first of all, super cool that you've been doing it for 12 years. That's such a long time. And I think, you know, your accomplishments show based on where you are right now. Uh, I'm sure from where you started. Also, uh, my best friend's Mexican. So shout out to Brianna. <laughs> just shout had to, to throw that out there. <laughs> anyway, so like I said, I wanted to talk to you just about your experiences in, you know, the gaming industry, being a content creator, being a Mexican uh, American content creator. And actually, really quick. Uh, this isn't a part of what I was going to talk to you about, but were you able to see the Cyberpunk 2077 um, presentation yesterday? I've seen parts of it. I didn't see the whole thing. So if there was anything big that happened, I probably missed it. I just saw uh, Alana Pierce as a character now. Yeah. That was, like the main, that was like the main thing I saw. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Okay. Uh, anyway, so let's... Uh, now I'm going to get back on track. Sorry, because uh, there was something I wanted to talk to you about, but it's okay. Uh, we'll We'll save it for another time. Anyway, so first of all, how do you feel being a Latino content creator in video games? I think it's at least on the journalism side, I think there's quite a few of us. Uh, and I think it's also important for us to sort of not necessarily show it off, but, you know, integrate into our content. Uh, there's so many times where, like, what comes to mind is Greece. Greece was a game from Spain. You know, a lot of the developers there are speaking Spanish and they integrate that into their video game. And I wanted to respect that in some former manner. And so I think the conclusion paragraph of my review was written entirely in Spanish and voice in Spanish. And to my audience of 60,000 subscribers, I don't speak Spanish all the time in my reviews. Uh, but to a lot of their surprise, they were caught off guard to hear me speak Spanish fluently at the end of that review. And in that way, I think it sort of helps them resonate with the content creator and the content and the video game in itself. I think that's that's so important. And first of all, like, it's amazing that you did that. And I think that's so important. You know, we when when I was sending out tweets about how I wanted HP Critical to help celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month, I made sure that those tweets were in English and in Spanish. Um, so I think it's, it's so important for content creators to do that, to make sure that we have that type of representation. So my next question for you is, do you feel like being Mexican-American, does that affect the way that you decide uh, how you're going to do things as a content creator like do you specifically think okay like i i know in this instance for example you made sure that you did have the that part of your review in spanish like is that something that's always in the back of your head when you're doing a, a review for something like let's say i don't know like a mario game for example i know you just did one for i think 3d all-stars right i'm about to do one oh, okay. right writing it right now <laughs> So, like, is that in the back of your head, like, you know, I'm Mexican-American, how am I going to integrate that into this video? Or, like, 
how, how does that how does that process go for you? I think if it makes sense in terms of like what the content is, I'll try to integrate it. Like in the sense of Greece, Greece was primarily like written by, or developed by a Spanish development team, so I thought it would work there. Um, but like in the sense of like Call of Duty Modern Warfare, I don't think I'd write something in Spanish. Uh, I'm not too confident in my my fluency with Spanish enough to. I think. In the way, the way I describe it to people is like, I'm confident that I can speak fluent Spanish. I don't think I'm as coherent when I write. So I primarily try to do it in English and actually reached out to my parents to see if it sounded correct, uh, when I wrote that review for Greece. But I think what, what it does matter to me in terms of covering video games is just seeing it in the video game itself. Like mm. what comes to mind is, uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, like I'm not Puerto Rican, but to see the flag there, I know means a lot of people there. Uh, for it means a lot for people watching the live stream or the reveal of the gameplay. Um, and I saw a lot of just emotionally impactful reactions from different streamers of Puerto Rican descent, mm-hmm. and to see like the Spanish side of Harlem uh, be represented in the video game, especially like in, during this month, I think was very important to them. Um, and I think as a as a reviewer, uh, seeing sort of my heritage or my culture integrated into video games doesn't necessarily give doesn't give me like a bias to rate them higher but i think it helps games resonate with me more sometimes um, yeah and it's it also helps make the world feel more realistic in a sense because it's not always just like a caucasian character and all the characters are caucasian but you know there's all sorts of colors in there, and I think it's important to represent that in some sort of shape or fashion. Yeah, like, yes. <laughs> yes to everything you said, you know. Being a Black content creator myself, um, I am I love Miles Morales. I think it's so amazing that, you know, he represents uh, intersectionality and, you know, uh, Afro-Latino character, because you hardly ever see that in video games, or at least I hardly ever am able to see something like that in video games. So it's really cool to have that representation up front and, you know, seeing the Puerto Rican flag and seeing what that do, what that does for people it has just been so amazing. And I completely agree. You know, there are times when, and I don't know how this, whether this happens to you, but there are times when, you know, I see a brand new video game um, trailer that's coming up and, like, I'm able to notice that, hey, this game looks really cool, but there is not a single person of color in it. And of course, it's not going to detract from, you know, a review that I'm writing about the game, for example. But uh, it, it's something being, you know, being a black person, it's something that I notice. Like, uh, there are not, there's not a single person of uh, a different skin tone in your video game. And it can detract from the world building, especially when you have the opportunity to in- incorporate different, you know, races and ethnicities in your video game and you choose not to, it, it is, it can be kind of disappointing, but it is something I noticed. So is that something that you notice when you like are watching like a new video game trailer, for example, or, or does it not really affect you? I think it, it does passively. Cause I'm never like, I'm not watching Halo Infinite reveal and seeing, Oh, that that character looks kind of Hispanic. I'm I'm never looking for it, but it's always sort of like a surprise to see it. Like I was pretty caught off guard when Life is Strange season two uh, introduced like a Hispanic yes. protagonist and family, yes. especially after having played the first one and it had like nothing to do with Hispanic culture at all. Mm-hmm. It kind of just like caught me off guard. I was like, oh, that's cool. I wasn't expecting that, but I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about diversity currently in the gaming industry? As it is today, how do you feel about it? I think it's gotten better in the sense, but like I, when we were preparing to record this, you asked me what were some of my favorite like Latin or Hispanic game developers, and it came to get me to realize that 
I don't really know too many. I mean, off the top of my head, I really just know the people that make Kerbal Space Program, but I think even fans who play Kerbal Space Program don't know it's originally from Mexico. Yeah. And uh, the, not the install base, but the fan base for the game isn't that high in Mexico. So even the people in Mexico, I think, don't know that that game is developed in their home country. It's so, it's very difficult and... Actually, that's going to bring me up to something that I've been thinking about that I also want to talk to you about now. And that is, uh, and this isn't something we had talked about before, so feel free to, you know, uh, tell me how you feel about it. But there's sometimes you have content creators of color who create content um, with characters that are white, right? And then mm-hmm. you also have situations where you have content creators who are white that are creating characters of color. So... If you aren't aware of who's creating a game, but you see a character of color, do you think that is just as important? And well, let me let me rephrase that, actually. How do you feel when a content creator or a developer or uh, someone creating something is white, but they create characters that are non-white? Hmm. I think, especially just analyzing the game industry as a whole, it might be that there just isn't that much opportunity for people of color. And I think that's what needs to change to sort of get more developers or POCs, uh, developers uh, up in the forefront to be making games in terms of like Caucasian people making games regarding people of color or putting them as protagonists. I think it's good that they're putting more uh, POCs at the forefront, but I think they also should ask or, sort of uh, get consultation from people of color to sort of fit that representation a bit better because as I think as hard as you can or as hard as you try to help represent someone else's culture, uh, even no matter the intent, it won't always be accurate unless like you get someone's firsthand experience or some sort of advice in helping to create that or forge that. Yeah, so that's actually something I've been struggling with, because I I completely agree with you. I do think that the gaming industry is predominantly white male. And so there is a situation in which the only way that sometimes we will be able to see ourselves represented is when those people, you know, reach step out and create that those characters of color that aren't there. So I, I totally appreciate that. But I also agree that you should definitely reach out. And one of the reasons that I think you should reach out is I did see some discourse over some of the gangs represented in Cyberpunk 2077 yesterday, which is why I asked if you um, had seen it. But also, I mean, I saw that you tweeted about this, the Twitch emotes that came out for Hispanic Heritage Month, which were, you know, the whole sombrero maracas nonsense. How did you feel about that? I was tripped out because I tweeted it and a lot of people DM me about it saying like, uh, it seems like part part of the, I guess the knockback. Some people were like, "Yeah, maracas and sombreros are exclusively Mexican culture." I'm like, "No, that wasn't my problem. I think it's a bad stereotype." Exactly. Uh, and like, I, I think it's horrible. Uh, I mean, I get. I guess it is primarily his like Mexican culture, but that wasn't like my problem with it. I think it's just like a. Not necessarily a bad stereotype that we do wear sombreros sometimes and we do play music with maracas, but to sort of boil down the entire culture to, the, to, that to just thing. that and apply yeah. it across like every emote on the on the platform just seems terrible. Yeah. Uh, did you play Mario Odyssey? I did. So how did you feel when Mario had that getup? 
I was kind of taken aback. I it was interesting because I I get that they're trying to sort of represent that world, and I know it's not to the extent of being malicious. I think a yeah. good example is like Guacamole. Uh, I love Guacamole. I think it's a great uh, Metroidvania like game, but it's entirely built on like somewhat stereotypes of Mexican culture. Like mm-hmm. the guy's name is Juan Aguacate, which literally means just Juan Avocado. Yeah. Uh, he wears like a traditional Mexican wrestling outfit. All the characters are designed to look like Mexican characters. And while it is rooted somewhat in stereotypes, I don't think it has malicious intent. And I think you can sort of craft a project, I guess, with those stereotypes without it being entirely negative. So I guess like in the sense of Mario, I didn't really take it as malicious Mm -hmm. and I didn't really have too much of a problem with it. I think, in fact, I thought it was like I I played at least like a good chunk of my game wearing that sombrero because I thought it was cool. And I don't think it was done in like a malicious intent. Like it's not like Mario's in the dinosaur world wearing a sombrero. Like it makes sense in this particular area because, you know, the whole point of the game is him going to different parts of the world. Yeah, I think, I think, <laughs> I, I, once again, I agree with you. I think intent definitely matters. And sometimes it can suck to see your entire culture, um, boiled down to a simple stereo, stereotype. Uh, but, but I do think intent matters. And I, I completely agree with you. I think that you can represent these things. But I think it also goes back to what you said before, which is, you know, make sure that you're reaching out to people because obviously there's more in a Mexican heritage than a sombrero. So having that being boiled down to, you know, a stereotype in place across Twitch, I completely was like, wow, what is this? You know, I mean, I'm not Mexican, but at the same time, I was like, this is kind of iffy because, you know, how would I feel if they decided to, for Black History Month, throw a piece of fried chicken on top of every emote, you know, like... Yeah, that's exactly what I told people on my Discord server. Like, (laughs) This is terrible. This is exactly what it would be. It's it's Uh, pretty bad. What surprised me the most with the Twitch thing was that they did reach out to creators for, like, like they retweeted a promo video where they actually reached out to creators of Hispanic descent Mm -hmm. from Twitch. So I was like, did you guys not show the emotes to them? (laughs) To them, yes. Yeah, did no one have a reaction? Yeah, actually, you know, I speaking of that, because I did see that video as well. And I had some friends who came out and they were like, yeah, this is awesome. But there's another, you know, colorism is a thing, of course. And so there's a, a, a whole other side to that where it's like, are there no Afro Latino uh, uh, content creators on Twitch either? Because that that entire spectrum is not present in that video. And that's why I think it's really cool to see, obviously, I, I'm not knocking that video at all. I think it's really amazing. You know, they did one for Black History Month, which I thought was really, really great. I think it's awesome to to push content creators forward who are diverse because it makes a difference. You know, rep- obviously, we both believe that representation matters. Um, so it definitely makes a difference to be able to put those people forward, um, especially for for those those Twitch streamers. You know, I've been able to discover new Latinx Twitch streamers um through Twitch, which is freaking amazing, you know, like give people the spotlight uh, because they deserve it. Um, but of course, at the same time, there's some discourse of over like, you know, these all of these uh, uh, Latinx 
people are not dark skin. There are no Afro Latinos there. There's not this, there's not that. So obviously I still think, you know, there's a ways to go with things like that. But yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe they didn't show them. Maybe they didn't show them the emotes. I have no idea. But I was like, this is really, really cringy. Uh, so we did talk a little bit about some of uh, your favorite content creators. So actually, can you expand on that? Like, what are some of your develop- favorite developers, characters, or otherwise that you've seen through your content creating experience? Uh, of Hispanic descent? Yes. Sorry, yes. I want to give, a, I guess, a shout out to, to Andy Cortez. He was actually in the video for the, the Twitch tweet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's part of the Kind of Funny team. Uh, and I guess seeing him as part of that team and him also introducing elements of just Hispanic culture throughout the content, like whether it's just be like a random Spanish phrase or a reference to a Spanish show that not everybody knows uh, outside of Hispanic culture, I think is always great. And I always resonated with that. Uh, in terms of, I guess, developers, that's hard to find just because I, in my research, there's like, I don't really play Kerbal Space Program. So, uh, that developer doesn't really resonate with me too much. Uh, and a lot of the other developers in just general Hispanic culture has been very, I guess, off my radar. Because mm-hmm. they're mostly uh, like really obscure indie games that don't always come across my, my radar. And I think that's also why I'm actively trying to play uh, more indie games. I forgot the developer who just put out uh, Raji, his name, but... Seeing games like that Mm -hmm. be represented in video games, I think, is a lot cooler in the sense that we're getting stories that aren't necessarily always told. And if they are told, it's, like, hardly ever recognized in terms of the video game industry. Yep. One of, actually, one of my favorite things that I saw this year in 2020, which uh, I had no idea about, I was very lucky to have been able to catch it, was the uh, Puerto Rican Games Showcase. Uh, I don't know if you, were you able to see that at all? I did not. I'm not aware of this. Yeah, so there is a Puerto Rican Puerto Rican game showcase, and uh, it was basically a bunch of developers that have already created games, or they were in the process of creating games, all straight out of Puerto Rico. And so I tried to uh, push that out because I think things like that are so important, and and it's 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 amazing to see first of all because it's not there, but it's also an opportunity for me to be able to learn more about uh, developers and game creators that are of color and are Hispanic. Uh, so that's something that I'm looking forward to next year. Hopefully that I can push out more. You should definitely give it a, a view if you can. Um, it is some of it is a, a it is a few um, indie games, but knowing who creates games and knowing that those people are um, Hispanic was really awesome because it definitely makes me want to support that because we definitely need that type of diversity in the gaming industry. Next question. What are some bad examples of representation for Hispanic characters in games? Like some that you've just like seen and you've just been like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. If you have any. Hmm. This thing comes to mind too much. Like I would say, I don't think Guacamele's Juan is a bad example. Uh, but I think like it, it could like it it steps on the line and it could have been interpreted incredibly badly, uh, and I'm sure some people probably did interpret it badly with all those stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally didn't. Uh, I thought it was done in somewhat good taste and in a positive manner. Whereas uh, I'm sure, like if they ha- would have tweaked the dialogue a bit more or the character design, it could have been taken badly. But nothing in particular comes to mind uh, in terms of anything I've seen, at least I'm sure there are video games I've done in bad taste, but I haven't played them. Are there any that have been really, really good? Like any that have gotten you just super excited? 
Um, I, I think Guacamole is probably just one of the, the higher ones. I like Life is Strange too. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily. It's not like right in your face, but I think it's integrated well enough that it just becomes part of the story. And I think that is always well done when it's not like necessarily like up in your face, but it feels like it's part of the story and it should have been part of the story and not forced into it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I can't really think of a negative uh, character at the moment. And I mean, I that's, think good. That's, that's yeah, good. That's <laughs> good. I think that's either says that it's good on the industry or I just need to play more, more bad games. games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, clearly. I mean, either way, it's a win-win for you. Um, so that that's really good. Uh, and then I wanted to also ask you, how does it feel um, when you see representation in video games? Like, how does that make you feel, like, overall? I guess it makes me feel seen. Uh, in this case of most recent, like, Miles Morales, uh, I'm not Puerto Rican, but to see that flag, I think, meant a lot to a lot of people. And at least when they put out the, uh, the Spider-Verse film, uh, at the very beginning of the movie, they had him just, like, rushing to get to school and mm-hmm. just... Just the candid chatter between him and his parents, switching between English and Spanish. Yes, I love. I think it. <laughs> was was perfect, and like I didn't expect that to hit me as hard as it did. Um, and I would love to see something like that more integrated into Miles Morales the video game. Yeah, and uh, seeing by how far they're going with the environmental design of including Spanish Harlem, I'm sure we'll see somewhat uh, some shape or form of it in there. Yeah, I think it does. It goes a very long way for world building, especially because it makes it just more real. I always talk about, um, and I don't, I don't even know if this is a good example or not, but I always talk about Final Fantasy VII the remake because I, there's there were times when I was playing that game and I was unexpectedly surprised by just the NPCs in the world because they were so diverse. And mm-hmm. I, I've always been told, like, okay, you know, this is a Japanese company, so they're not going to make a game that has, like, different different races in it. It's all it's going to be all Japanese characters. And now I'm able to say, hey, that's not true, because the team over at Final Fantasy VII was able to fill their world with uh, different races. And whether it's, like, a simple NPC that you talk to for five seconds or not, that is the type of world building that, like, I think is moving the gaming industry forward. So anytime that I see any type of excuses like that, I no longer accept them because if, you know, one of the most anticipated games of the year was Final Fantasy VII, if if that team could do that with the remake and be able to world build, I don't think there's any reason that another team can't do the same, no matter where they're from. So I, I always give props to Final Fantasy VII for that. Exactly. It, yeah, it just, to me, it makes sense. How do you, how do you feel about that, actually? I think uh, more developers could work on integrating it more... I guess into into the DNA of their game because I understand uh, some some developers might hear feedback that they lack people of color in their game and they might just force an NPC in there. Yeah, and I think it's better to, to sort of naturally integrate it just because I can see it as uh, catering to some extent. Um, like if you just put in a character that is like black or brown, but nothing in terms of their dialogue or the way they're designed or anything sort of fits the culture that it just feels like they were plastered in there or uh we're just put there just to cater to an audience thing and i think like seeing things like miles morales sort of like he's not hey what's up i'm brown and i'm also black (laughs) yeah no he's like just going down the fire escape and you see he like rushes through a puerto rican flag and off in the distance you see a panaderia which is just like a spanish bakery and it just shows like you know we're in the spanish district of harlem this is a part of the universe and 
you know, you, you're not going to have a mission where Spider-Man runs into the Spanish bakery, but it's there. And mm-hmm. seeing it as you walk by, I think, is integral to the world design. Yeah. It's really one of those things where, you know, either it's done right or it's done wrong. You know, it's either... It's exactly what you said. It's either trying to stick something in because you want to meet the quota or, you know, token black guy or token Hispanic guy. Um, or it's built within, like, exactly like you said, built within the DNA of the game and it all works and it all fits and it feels real. And, um, I'm super excited for <laughs> Miles Morales. I actually did not play Spider-Man because I heard that Miles Morales was going to be in the original. And I was like, oh, okay, that's really cool. And then I saw, you know, Spider-Man and I was like, oh, this is so disappointing. Like, literally, I was talking about how I was disappointed because I was hoping for a new story. You know, I was hoping for something different and I got another straight white male to play Spider-Man. I was like, I've literally done this a million times. Uh, So I actually was super uninterested in Spider-Man after that. And then I... I heard how great the game was and I was like, oh man, you know, now I really have to give this a chance. But it, to me, that was just like, there when there are opportunities to make new things, it's such a turnoff when I think developers don't uh, go that extra route to make that happen. I, I don't remember what the name was of the last um, Star Wars game, but it was the, the Caucasian guy with red hair. Um, uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Yes. I was like, oh, cool. Jedi Fallen Order is going to be a new story. It's going to be a part of the, uh, the, uh, Star Wars storyline. I'm super excited to see what it is. And then I was like, oh, great. <laughs> Another straight white guy. Oh, but he has red hair. I guess that's really cool. Um, okay. And right before that, they had, um, Janita Gavankar as the, the title character in the last game, which I also don't remember the name of. And that one I was I super excited too. for. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is really awesome because having, you know, a woman at the front of your Star Wars game I was like okay this is really really cool so I was super excited for what was to come next and it was almost like a revision uh, uh, back to you know uh, no progress and I was like damn it guys like you were doing so good and then you scaled it back so it can be it's just it can be really frustrating to not see that type of representation sometimes and that obviously doesn't take away from the game like I said I've heard that Spider-Man is really really amazing uh, and I'm going to make the time obviously to play it the same way that I, yeah. I think that, you know, Miles Morales is going to look great because I like everything I've seen about it has just been awesome. and I can't wait to play more of that that title. Uh, but last question I'm going to ask you, and I feel like we kind of already talked about this, but I, I want to see how you feel about it. What do you think can be done to make things better, not only uh, in the gaming industry, but also in the gaming community because sometimes it may not be the industry that's the problem sometimes it is you know people sometimes it can be the gamers who are a little a little not so great Uh, so how do you think things can improve on both ends i think just having more voices heard within the community uh i'd love to shout out uh at latinos in gaming on twitter they're like a community of different Latinx representation across the game industry, uh, different factors, journalism and developers. Uh, I think they're doing a, an event next month. Uh, let me see if you can find it. So it says uh, October 9th through the 11th. Uh, and they're doing something called uh, Latinx Gaming Presents to Evils, which means United. And just sort of helping to raise the voices of those working on covering video games and those making video games. And I think little communities like this that are showing or I guess raising the voices of those for representation are great for the industry. Um, it helps get more people into places of crafting video games as well as covering them. And ultimately that helps the content, I guess, represent the culture as well. 
Uh, yeah, thank you. I actually follow them, so yeah. I'm going to also put them on the in the article that comes out for this podcast. Uh, anyway, is there anything else that you want to throw out there before I wrap this up? Just have voices heard. You know, there are other stories out there. Once you get over the whole wall of, I guess, people of color, you'll you'll be introduced to way more stories out there because beyond your own culture, there are so many other cultures out there and their experiences and narratives are completely different from your own. And you'll be introduced to a world of different experiences and stories. Yes, I think that is so important. You know, it, even if it's just it. It's all about learning about other... I love learning about other cultures. I love people representing themselves and their ethnicities and who they are. It's so... It's so amazing to have those things mix, you know, like my, my boyfriend's Puerto Rican. So when I see the Puerto Rican flag in Mas Morales, I'm just like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I'm like, oh, hey, did you see this? Like, this is super cool. Uh, and it's, it's, it's more than just me being who I am. You know, it's, it's more than, than us. Like it's a, it's a bigger thing. It's, it's representation for everyone that matters. Yeah, I completely understand. I, I'm dating a Korean woman right now, and just anytime I see anything entitled to Korea now, especially like in cooking or in media, I'm always excited to tell her about like, oh, like I'm playing this game and it features like a Korean character. Or this was developed in Korea. Yeah, those experiences are so fun to have with someone that that you love. You know, like because then it allows you to share. It allows them to share their culture with you as well. So like, I'm 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 very grateful when. You know, the thing that we love, video games, allows us to be able to do things like that. Um, and it, it's taught me a lot. Like, I, I'm learning so much about, like, that's actually why I'm super excited. I haven't played Raji yet, but I'm super, super excited to to get to it uh, when I do, because I'm so excited to be able to see those types of stories and learn things that I personally don't know. Um, so, yeah, it's super, super cool. Thank you so much for bringing that last part up. I, I'm so happy now. <laughs> Thank you, Louise. Uh, anyway, uh, is there anything else before I, before I end it? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, feel like I, I talk think that's you. everything. Okay. Cool. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. It's such an important topic. So I, I really appreciate you coming on and talking to me about it. Um, th- this has been super awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and thank Thanks you for, having for me. listening. Oh, of course. I'm going to, you know, I, we're going to come back. We're going to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you. Thank you again. And thank you everyone for listening. And uh, I look out for our next interview. It's going to be awesome. And I will talk to everyone later. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>